0: thanks be to God. Please join me in prayer. Gracious and holy God, we give you thanks again on this this beautiful morning for the gift of your holy word. We ask that you would pour out upon us again your Holy Spirit. Help us to hear your word anew to us. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock, and our Redeemer. Amen. Have you ever had the unfortunate experience of uh, accidentally saying the wrong thing at the wrong time? As in, you know, open mouth, insert foot. Sometimes people call them gaffs, which I think is kind of a funny word in itself. The dictionary defines it as an unintentional act or remark causing embarrassment to its originator. A blunder. A mistake. Like in the movies, when someone congratulates a woman and asks when she's due, only she's not pregnant. Just the thought of that kind of thing makes me cringe. You know, obviously I would never make that mistake. But I know I've made other mistakes, probably just as bad most people do. Usually these things happen when Talking to someone from a different background, a different age or race or gender, those interactions are prone to misunderstandings. And I find that the pattern is usually similar. Maybe you're you're trying to be friendly or, or funny, make a connection of some kind, but then the words just come out wrong or different from what was intended. And maybe we try to walk it back. But I didn't mean, of course, you know I would never, I'm so sorry, can we just start over? And then you hope and pray that that person does not hold this interaction against you for the rest of your life. In that case, to forgive really would be to simply forget. Has that ever happened to you? It's painful when it does. I feel like I try really hard not to say the wrong thing, because I know it because it feels bad, and I know that words are really important. Words can heal or destroy. They can build up or break down. That's why there are proverbs in the Bible about guarding our tongues, about being quick to listen and slow to speak. Wise are those who measure their words carefully. Foolish are the people who blabber all sorts of things that get them into trouble and that they later regret. So, what do we do with this story in Scripture where a woman comes to Jesus asking him to heal her daughter and he refers to her as a dog? It's embarrassing. It's uncomfortable, painful even. If Jesus were a politician, this would be a really damaging gaffe. But of course, Jesus wasn't just a politician. He was and is also the only begotten Son of God, the one person who was without sin. So how could Jesus have made this kind of mistake? Isn't that what sin is? Missing the mark, failing to do or say the right thing. This scenario can present a bit of a conundrum. There's a, a conflict or at least a paradox here of some kind, which is a good thing to to uh, a good reason to dig a little deeper, since that's our task during the season of resurrection. To go back to difficult stories like these and. Consider them new in the light of the good news that Christ is risen. After all, we know that the cross itself is a bit of a paradox too. It appeared to many as though Jesus was condemned and defeated when he died. But instead, we know that that humiliation was actually his triumph. And after rising from the dead, Jesus instructed his followers to to go back to the beginning and to start again. To see if there wasn't something still deeper going on. The things that don't make sense at first are often the very things that we need to go back to. So that, because those are the places where we have the most to learn. So here we are again in Mark chapter 7 observing Jesus in the region of Tyre, which is outside of, of Israel. It, it's Gentile territory. Jesus has intentionally taken some time away from his own people in order to minister among foreigners. And it may have been that Jesus thought he was, he was going to get some peace and quiet over there across the lake where less people knew him. After all, he'd been trying to get away from the crowds for some time. But day and night, they just wouldn't leave him alone. So I think it's fair to assume that Jesus must have been feeling a little bit tired out there in the region of Tyre, pun intended. St. Mark writes that Jesus didn't want anyone to know where he was staying, and yet he couldn't hide. Instead, a woman whose young daughter was possessed by an unclean spirit, she heard about him right away. She went to where he was staying, fell at his feet, No one could blame her for trying to get help for her sick child, but I also wonder if it might have felt like a bit of an intrusion. The way she tracked Jesus down and sought him out, tired as he was. And then Jesus saw who this particular solicitor was. A Greek woman. A Syrophoenician woman. Maybe it was her clothes that tipped him off. Or her complexion. Maybe she had an accent. In any event, these two individuals could not have been more different. Scholars say that the women's people would have been considered rich, while Jesus himself was poor. Her people were known historically as the oppressors, while Jesus' people had been the oppressed. She was a Gentile, he was a Jew, she was a mother, he was not married, and he had no children. And here this mother was, keeping Jesus from rest, begging him to throw a demon out of her daughter. It was already a situation rife for misunderstanding. And readers have been trying to figure out Jesus' response to this woman ever since. Some say that he was quoting a common proverb of the time. Some others have suggested that Jesus was being sarcastic. Others think that maybe he was intentionally provoking her in order to draw her out. But there's still just no getting around the fact that he called her a dog. Jesus said to her, the children have to be fed first. It's not right to take the children's bread And throw it to the dogs. Now personally, as I imagine this interaction today, I think it comes across mostly as a gaffe. An unintentional, embarrassing remark. I don't think Jesus meant to offend this woman. I noticed that he didn't even refuse her offer of help. Notice that Jesus was just saying, as he had often said to others, that his his mission was to the Jews first. Not only to the Jews, but to the Jews first. And given that Jesus was tired, perhaps even a bit hangry, I suspect that he referred to this common proverb about children and crumbs, not realizing, at first, that the dog part might come across as a bit offensive. That's my take anyway. I suspect that's how it happened because, again, I've been there myself a few times. Just like most other people have. Open mouth, insert foot. No offense was intended, but there it was anyway. Only in this interaction, in this story with Jesus, remarkably, this persistent mother She came back with a clever retort that saved the day. She made light of this insult by pointing out that even dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Touché, Jesus. And at this point, I imagine he felt a bit of relief at the way this woman had saved him from some social awkwardness. I bet Jesus was grateful for this mother's courage and poise. He was clearly impressed by her humility and grace. Blessed are those who take no offense at me, said Jesus on another occasion. Which implies that yes, even the Son of God sometimes says offensive things, or things that may come across as offensive, but those who persist in faith, continuing to ask, to seek, to knock, they're still blessed. Like this brave mother who didn't let an insult get in the way of her child's healing. Because this mother responded to Jesus with ongoing faith, he was even moved to change his mind and act on her behalf. The woman went home and found that her daughter's demon had been cast out, which was the thing she was there for anyway. And I believe that this whole encounter, controversial though it continues to be, I think it includes quite a bit of good news for us as well. For one thing, it it appears to me that if, if Jesus made a gaffe once in a while, well, maybe it's not the end of the world if we do too. Because apparently, being without sin, as Jesus was, that's not the same thing as choosing one's words perfectly or avoiding all offense. We know that everybody makes mistakes once in a while. So, could we accept that Jesus made an innocent mistake once upon a time? Is that possible? I think this would be a significant shift for the way that some people approach public discourse in particular. It's a popular thing these days to be rather harsh with those who unintentionally offend others. Our culture today is, it can be pretty unforgiving. In part, because people rightly point out that that impact trumps intention. Meaning that the effect that our words have is more important than maybe what we intended to say. This often comes up in conversations around race and gender when some people want to brush off offensive speech by saying, well, that's not what I meant, It's not what I intended. But the impact is still important. The effect of our language must still be dealt with. And so I'm not suggesting that that we should be sloppy with our language or careless with our tongues. That's not what I think this story says. But the reality is that no matter how hard we try to get things just right, to be perfect, we're inevitably going to offend people once in a while by accident. And the good news is who is in a position to condemn? Only Christ. And Christ lived for us. Christ died for us. Christ rose again to forgive us. And he now reigns on high to pray for us. When we also find ourselves in awkward or embarrassing situations. And thank God for this story of scripture which illustrates that that how we react in these situations also really matters. Here we see a courageous mother who is quick to forgive and a compassionate man who is quick to change course. Jesus, our Savior, actually changes his mind when confronted with this this mother's persistence. Do you notice that? He even says to her, because of your response, your daughter will be healed. As in Jesus wasn't going to help And then she argued with him, and he changed his mind. Which I think is also really great news. That we've been given this model for arguing and for turning around. I mean, wouldn't it be helpful if more followers of Jesus were willing to admit mistakes and change course when challenged appropriately? What if we said to ourselves... Well, Jesus changed his mind. Why shouldn't I? We could recognize that it's not a sign of weakness, but a sign of strength, of maturity, to admit that, you know what? That Syrophoenician woman was right. God doesn't think of anyone as dogs, at least in a bad way. And there's enough blessing for everyone. God wants to heal Everyone. Gentiles, foreigners, strangers, enemies. Can you believe that Jesus Himself modeled this shift for us? That He taught us by His own example that growth in faith and righteousness requires humility and a willingness to learn from innocent mistakes. I believe that there is joy and freedom in this path of transformation. How we have now been given the ability to to have uncomfortable conversations and risk embarrassment ourselves. If every gaffe is a terrible sin, then it's hard to talk to people who aren't like us. We naturally don't want to risk offending someone or being seen as bad people. But if Jesus was willing to risk looking bad for the sake of relationship and healing, then maybe we can too. If Jesus accidentally calls someone a dog and still rose from the dead as the Savior of the world, then maybe we can change our trajectory also by learning from people who challenge or correct us by intentionally engaging with those who are different from us, who might have a different perspective. Maybe we'll, we'll never be completely culturally competent or perfectly politically correct, but perhaps we can at least enter awkward conversations with confidence, knowing that there's grace, that we don't have to be perfect, that we just have to be willing to be vulnerable and open. After all, the goal isn't to make ourselves look good. The intent is to spread faith and hope and love, which is exactly what happened at the end of this story of the Syrophoenician woman. In spite of the perceived offense, this mother came away having been affirmed. This daughter ended up being healed. And everyone involved gained a little bit of humility. Isn't that how it should be? Friends, may we go and do likewise this and every day. Risking embarrassment. Risking looking bad. Trusting that Christ the Lord is with us helping us to grow more fully into the image of God, becoming people of justice and people of great love, one embarrassing moment at a time. Amen.